Hey, I'm Brian Babylon, and who the fuck are you? Settle in as we begin to tell you about some friends Folks you know in Chicago and some you've never met We'll talk about the things they say and do There's a question posed to old and new Who the fuck are you? Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Whatever time this is hitting your ears, welcome, and thanks for joining us. My name's Kevin Alvis, and welcome to the very first episode of the very first show presented by Big Talk Podcast called Who the Fuck Are You? Now, you might be asking, what is that about? Simply, it is just me sitting down with some of Chicago's best comedians, actors, directors, writers, producers, musicians, whoever, and just sitting down, getting to know them, finding out what they do, how they do, how long they've been doing, and where we can find them doing what they do. Some of these people you may know, a lot of them you probably won't, but I guarantee you by the end of the episode, you'll be a big fan. Now, for my very first episode, I was very lucky to get this gentleman to sit down with me. I met him about 10 years ago, and uh, I've just been following him ever since. He's a hilarious comedian. He's a producer. He's a regular on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. He's regularly touring with Hannibal Burris, and just all around a great dude. So please join me as we sit down to get to know Brian Babylon. We met, because um, you know, I'm... I'm not saying that I don't remember, but you know, it's like your name pops up and I associate it with something positive. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. it was the Cleon, this Cleon Christmas. Yep. 10 years ago, it was 2010. Cause when I was going over everything, yeah. I was thinking about it. I was like, when did we actually meet? It was 2010 because I, I just right. got on Christmas, Carol. Uh, we started doing the press stuff, you know, and you actually uh, was my, you were my first interview for that when we came on to, mm-hmm. when you were hosting Vocalo, the amp, uh, morning amp at Vocalo. And yep. so you were my first like interview for a project that I did. And then now you're actually uh-huh. my first interview on the Spunt New Podcast. So you're just oh, popping shit. Full, full right circle. <laughs> but yeah, full it's been 10 years man. ago. And that's a thing too. So, I mean, you were super into that Klingon Christmas Carol. So looking at everything you had, you're a big fucking nerd and I love it. Like you yeah, see, yeah, you I was, really I was totally, totally into that. Uh, I was just talking about Star Trek um, a couple of days ago because someone asked me, "Did you grow up religious?" I was like, "No, nah, not really." Like, you never believed in it. I was like, "Not really." And I was like, "I mean, I grew up liking Star Trek mm-hmm. as a kid, so it's almost impossible to believe in Jesus." <laughs> if you're in a Star Trek, because right. it's, it's, it's beneath you. It's like, that seems, it's not logical to believe They're in that. There. How did they not find it yet? You know, the, yeah. Right. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So it's, so that was, uh, yeah, I, I love Star Trek. Any, I'm really pumped for the new season of Discovery to come out. I was going to ask CBS. if you would watch all the new stuff, because yep. I haven't seen Discovery. And there's that new animated show, too. Was it called Second Deck or something like that? Lower Deck? Well, I, yeah, I haven't seen that. But I will say that, but I did like Picard was okay, I, but I like how they made it action. Mm-hmm. That's what you I've know, heard it, about it. It's a little more, they, less. They jump in, yes, less talking. If you look back at Next Generation, it was a lot of Lots talking. Of talk. They had to figure Lots out. Lots of talking. Ads. It was like grad school sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Lots of talking. 
So, see, I always um, found that to be the division. If you, if you talk to people who quote unquote are nerds, that's always been the division between them liking Star Trek and Star Wars. Some people are more mm. action-based. They, like, they want the space battles and things like that where people want more with Star Trek, I think more of the story and the diplomatic side of things. That always kind of seemed to be the division that I found with folks. Because they just want well, I would say, I would say pound for pound, if you were doing a versus of Star Trek and Star Wars, mm-hmm. volume of quality, even though the Star Trek movies were pretty much a lot of fails, the yep. volume of Star Trek quality way out does Star Wars. Why? I, I can see that. Jar, yeah. Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks alone. <laughs> alone. I was trying Jar to Jar Binks that. alone. I tried to rewatch that a couple months ago, and my wife was in the other room doing some work, and she could hear it. And she came in like ten minutes in. She's like, "Turn that fucking shit off." I don't. I can't even fucking that listen is, to his voice anymore. It's, <laughs> it's. I mean, you know, uh, Rogue One, great movie. Great movie. Uh, the 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 first Star Wars, great movie. Em, mm-hmm. uh, Empire. Empire Strikes Back, great movie. Return of the Jedi, uh, fun uh, movie. Uh, we'll call it a fun uh, movie. It, it wasn't horrible, but like cool out, blowing up the Death Star. So we we had gotten to our this level of stop blowing up Death Stars. Then you come back six more. They had to blow up something. The Every last time. three more. It Every was. Time. It's it's so many videos online about how nerds break down how ridiculous Star Wars <laughs> is. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so, it's so many that that documentary, uh, the people versus George Lucas. I never saw that. It's 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 great because they break it down on how the shit just jumped the shark, and it's sort of like it's sort of like it's sort of like a person on heroin. Mm-hmm. You're you're like trying to chase that first high, always of the of the first Star Wars, always. where. Or Star Trek, it is what it is. They they they're better in TV, so they can roll it out. Mm-hmm. And I will say, the last the J.J. Abrams Star Trek, the reboot stuff, bad. yeah, no, the reboot I actually enjoyed was, it. Was, was I enjoyed it? So I think he did my, a great job with casting, as far as like picking up from yeah. a, a group of people that we knew, you know, like Carl Urban as Bones. I think was some of the best great. casting ever. But. Man, I got to say, when I was looking, going over everything, getting prepped for tonight, like your fucking, your resume is just damn impressive. Like you've got, you've, you've got your fingers in a bunch of pots and you kind of seem like you are crushing everything that come kind of comes along. You've been hustling and working hard, man. I mean, stand up comedian, your radio host, TV host, your regular on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, touring all over the place. You make your own music. Like, I mean, you seem to kind of have everything going. You're from Chicago originally, right? Prince of Bronzeville. Is that what they call you? Or you call you? Prince of... Yeah, well, in my... was I didn't didn't know I had a Wikipedia page until somebody (laughs) told me, which I was like, what? And say, uh, yeah. I feel like you've reached it when you've got a Wikipedia page. I'm like, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, Yeah, I'm Prince of Bronzeville. It's a neighborhood in Chicago. Um, and how you become a prince of a neighborhood is you move there before it's, before it's gentrified and you just call it. Yeah. I mean, cause that's pretty much, that's pretty much what like royalty did back in the day. You just were like a poor ass 
white person in Europe, and then you're like, hey, I'm, I'm king. And then people <laughs> say, it. no, you're not. And then you go kill that person. I'm king. All right, this guy's king. And then you Got just it, go from there and just call it. That's a smart way so, to do things. Yeah, I mean, you know, you know what? I, that's funny. I have a good resume. You know, I am hustling. And um, I was just talking about to some friends. I'm working on a project with some friends in Chicago. Uh, I have a chip on my shoulder because even though I guess it seems that it's good on paper, like you, it's still never enough. You know, I don't have I don't have any representation. I don't have an agent or a manager. Yeah, I've I've never had that stuff. And you You've know, you've just done everything on your own. I've done everything. I've been self rep the whole time, and you know, I have other friends who get in the game late and just boop, 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 Netflix mm -hmm. special. It's like what the. So you can't, you know, I, I know what it is, you know, and you have to have that chip on your shoulder to, it's almost a last dance mentality. And mm -hmm. That's how I live my life. And that oh, Michael yeah. Jordan, Jordan-esque mentality, like, oh, all the people at Three Arts or William Morris who know me, like my, Just for Laughs, people who know me. I've never done Just for Laughs, and I've been pissed about that. Huh. Well. You know, and it's and it's and you can't you can't get mad about it. You just have to you know make your way. And it's luckily, and luckily, luckily, I have friends who are doing great. And you know, and and we just keep keep rolling. How long you been? When did did you always want to be a comedian? Like, did you start off with stand up? Where you're like, fuck, this is what I want to do. At, at one point, if you asked me what I wanted to be when I was a kid, I would say I want to be a creative director at an advertising agency. Really? And I, I was like six or seven. I was, I was, people, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, well, I want to be a creative director at an advertising agency. Huh. Most, most kids say fireman or whatever. Right, I like, right, no, right. I want to, because that, that is what um, Darren did on Bewitched. Oh, shit. Yeah, that's what's his job. And I was like, damn, that's a cool ass job. Just sitting around thinking of shit to, you know, and I and I think and I think um, Ricky Ricardo they dabbled in jingles and and, and no Dick Van Dyke, he was right. an ad man too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was you know I was little little you know those shows were, were reruns when I was mm -hmm. a kid. So I was, you know you're little you just kind of absorbing shit. And uh, my dad was was in finance in Chicago and you know black finance so like a lot of the black business people knew each other. Mm -hmm. And my dad knew this guy named Tom Burrell. Who who had a, had the really the only black ad agency in the country? It was in Chicago called Burrell Communications, and um, he introduced me to him. And I see, and then he gave me like a little phony interview, and I was right. just answering see, questions about well, if I get you but you know, but I, you, right away, get your job, yeah, going. yeah, get your day. But it was it was that's what I wanted to do. But I always had a you know, like my heroes were like Steve Martin and Eddie Murphy, yeah. You know, oh, God, yeah. well, that's 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 who I looked up to, and Steve Martin, Eddie Murphy, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson, Prince. You know, musicians, comedians. Yeah, yeah. That's who. That's who I looked up to. Because I mean, it's been kind of widely known that comedy and music kind of go hand in hand. Somebody was telling me, for, I was listening to somebody the other day, and they were talking about how like all comedians want to be musicians and all musicians want to be comedians. Want to be comedians. Yeah, it's I've, just that I've had. That stage life, people really, I think, are drawn to a lot. You know, you're drawn to it. It's different, and and you know, like I, I've always have had multiple Adderall intense conversations with John Mayer <laughs> about comedy. John Mayer oh, yeah? 
loves comedy. Wants really? Wants to be comics so bad. So bad. And, and um, you know, and it's, it's just a thing, you know. So Blake Griffin, basketball player. Mm-hmm. He he dabbles in stand up, but he does it more of a storytelling thing, and he's really likable. He's Blake Griffin is likable, and he's and he's he can talk, and he's charming, and he can get he ha, he knows how to hit beats. So and he's that goes a decent. long way, especially in a storytelling format. I mean, just yeah. you know, that's mm-hmm. charm can grab a lot of people. You know, even if your story's kind of so so, as long as you tell it right, that's really what it goes down to. But, yeah. Uh, and you, yeah, you're a storyteller, but, uh, too, right? I mean, because you've been in the uh, several performances at the Moth. Aren't, aren't you a Moth champion as well, yeah. too? Or? No, I was the um, – when the um, – um, right when the Moth started to go outside of New York, mm-hmm. when they started going to different cities, um, Chicago was, like, the first city that they went to permanently outside of New York. And um, – I don't know how it happened. You know, I think my boy Andy Ross mentioned me from New York and they found me and they asked me to be the host for the moth in Chicago. Oh, that's great. So, and that was at Mar- the good old days at Martyrs. So like for almost eight, nine years, I hosted the moth and I, you know, and I made it a hot show. You know, I made it like the, sh- you know, it was like once or twice a month and it was sold out every time. Yeah, that place. For like is- seven years. That show's straight. always packed. It's always packed, and it was, you know, and I, it, it you have to know how to host them all. It's like a, it's a weird type of hosting thing because mm-hmm. it's, it's a pace, and you keep the energy up, you keep the show rolling. It's not about you, but it's about you getting the show going, you know, because someone can tell a sad story, but you have to regroup everybody and, you know. Get that, get it back up nice. without diminishing what they just said. And yeah, that's that's yeah, that's, a tough, that's a tough line to said, ride right there. Because you want to you want to joke and have a great time, mm-hmm. but you really gotta also, if it's a serious moment, you gotta let that sit and give that to that performer. Because otherwise, you're just stomping all yeah, over. Yeah, it. it was all. It was always. It was. All, I've seen. I've seen people host them off horribly, <laughs> um, horribly. Um, I won't even mention any names, but. <laughs> Probably a, best a famous a famous NPR personality. He hosts the first Grand Slam, mm-hmm. and I had been telling him, "Yo, man, just holler at me. Yeah, I can tell you how it goes. It's not a regular host. It's a different vibe to it because you know you have to read these slips. It's like a lot of little things that the moth wants you to do. So mm-hmm. it's a little, it's a rhythm to it. He didn't ask me that first half." garbage <laughs> and in the intermission like i saw him he's like yo i'm so sorry dog like i have really realized what you, i was like mm-hmm. i was trying like i saw you at work every day dude <laughs> and that's just sometimes some people just they've got to see it themselves you gotta like, you gotta you gotta, gotta see it yourself yeah but yeah i bet i'm sure after that you'll have a long conversation about what what needed to happen after yeah, that yeah no i mean he kind of figured it out but like you know he had like the first half the first five storytellers was just painful then he kind of kind of got it on track but um yeah that was fun and you know so that was a good good time that's when i was really really rolling in chicago um you know some good times just and i was always say chicago is the best place to work on your uh chops of 
I feel you know, like Chicago is kind of that way across the board, like with comedy and acting, anything that has to deal with like the arts and performance wise. I feel like I've always kind of considered because I, I studied theater back in Mississippi where I grew up. My wife and I moved here about 12 years ago to come for the theater scene. And ever since then, everything I've seen, I've always kind of considered like the grad school of life. Like if you didn't want to go to grad school, you didn't want to go for that extra degree. Mm-hmm. But if you want to learn some more shit and figure, figure out your style and, or what you love or what you can do well, I think Chicago is a solid place because you have the opportunities. Like there are plenty of places to do stand-up, plenty of places to perform. Once you can yeah. get in, like it's just always there and it's accessible. Always, it's, it's, quality, it's quality crowds and, um, and there's, there's less stakes in New York. The crowd might not be great, but it might be someone in the audience, you know, it's New York, but the frequency doesn't balance out. Right. And, you know, and I would say for me, uh, I started comedy late, you know. Oh, yeah. How I old like, were you when you started? I was, I was 29. You know, oh, yeah. 30. So, like, most of my friends who started comedy, they started, like, 20, 21, mm-hmm. you know, out of college where I started, like, I had multiple corporate jobs. You know, I would be doing open mics at um, the Lions Den. They would call it the Lions Den back then. The good old days with Kumel, Pete Holmes, uh-huh. TJ. You know, that's the the class I came in with. Oh wow! And okay. um, and you know Hannibal and uh, I don't think Beth had been there yet. And um, I was like the man manager of the media department for this company in Evans since I was doing all the AV stuff. Mm-hmm. But my, my, my team was all in India, in New Delhi, in Europe. So I'll be doing conference calls at the Lions Den like at 1 a.m. Oh, you wow. know what I'm saying? But, but it would be the next day and I'm doing like still drinking, trying to have professional <laughs> conference calls and shit. But it was like, you know, and that was, and that was back then before it was a lot of, now it's tons of shows, tons of clubs. But that was back when it was really only zanies, uh, and then that just didn't work out for me. And then the next year, jokes and notes open, comedy bar open, laugh mm-hmm. factory open. So it was like I came in right on a good time where there was a new explosion of stand-up comedy, and I had I, I had um I had you know gotten my I guess swag together at mm-hmm. jokes and notes which is like the urban comedy club in Bron- it was in Bronzeville. It was across okay. the street from my house. It was across the street from my house. Perfect. The Prince, you know, I mean, that's better. <laughs> it was, it was crazy. It was legit across the street, like up from my, from my building. And, um, and that was, it was gold, man. Like, you know, the host of the open mic was Dion Cole. Oh, you shit. know, the, the host of the open mic was Lil Rail. These, these two guys are like, straight I love Dion. Dion Cole is, hilarious i love him yeah so that was my that was like the first person to bring me on stage in chicago dion you know was my mentor for like the last 15 years my big brother so Damn. you know you had you, you grow up with that kind of you you come in in that kind of energy and you balance that out with the north side and the south side and you put those together and you know that's 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 what happened how was your first set were you because I mean everybody some people were like my first set was fucking amazing my second set was terrible and some people were like my first set was um, balls and I almost didn't do it again like for you my, fir- you my, f- my first set uh, is actually on YouTube oh yeah um yeah and it's uh, so it can't be terrible then because otherwise, <laughs> I, mean, otherwise. I posted yeah I, I posted it and, and Dion brought me up he was like I'm gonna say Brian Babylon ooh I guess he was <laughs> and I got up and 
I told a story. It was a story joke. And looking back now, new comics shouldn't do story jokes because you don't know what you're doing. And I kind of, I ran over my time because if you went over time, they'll play the music and play you off. So, oh really? Oh, but I was doing, I was, I was, I was doing so well. I was like, oh, I gotta go, guys. And the crowd wanted me to keep going, and I kept going. And uh, that was a night that I kind of got my confidence to like, oh shit, I can, you know, even though I'm way different than these, you know, guys, I can still, you know, do do my thing. And it was dope, man. It was, it was, uh, that was some good times. How long, how long into you like the process of, did you like, was it a few years later you were like, fuck it, I just want to do this now? Or like, when did you really decide that comedy um, was going to be your thing? Tori Malatia, who used to work at WBZ, he, he created This American Life and he helped create Wait, Wait. He used to run mm-hmm. WBZ. He was starting at, he was starting Vocalo back then. And I will, I will go to these meetings they had for Vocalo. And I was just, hey, you guys need to do this. You need to do that. And, you know, and he called me one day. I was doing a video in New York. And he called me during the break. And he's like, yo, would, would you want to come help me start this radio station? You have your own show. It was a super, it was a real big pay cut. Mm-hmm. I was like, shit. If at any point in time, I'm going to quit a job to do a radio show. And not commercial radio, some shit, right. you know, where I can really do what I want and do stand-up comedy. You kind of got to do that. And, I, and people still come up to me to, to me this today if they see me out when I come home that love the show. I would say it was one of the best morning radio shows ever. And I'm not saying that because I mean I'm saying that not because of me because if if I if you men in black me not erase my memory, <laughs> but I still was me. And I heard that show. I'm like, oh, this is dope as fuck. Good the, ass the, the music, I mean, I played the music I wanted, you know, and I had a formula to like, to be, play dope music. So you had control the, of everything. Of everything, yeah. Oh, so, that's great. And the, and the talking topics, no one was taking the chance talking about the stuff we were talking about. And it was, um, and we made a production uh, schedule where it worked for us. So every day was different. You know, miscellaneous Monday, Cash Money Tuesday, Feminist Wednesday, mm-hmm. Peace Prize Thursday, uh, miscellaneous Friday, arts and culture stuff. And once you fill those buckets with, you know, booking guests, the show is running itself. And then you have it down to like, oh man, I'm just talking for two hours, playing music and talking, and then going back home to go to sleep. So that's where we got it to that point. That's because, that's a nice machine to build to have that that luxury yeah. of kind of being able to keep it fresh while at the same time settling into a format. It's I, a I've format. always enjoyed situations of formats where you can the the, the structure is there, but you can always plug and unplug different things to to mm-hmm. make it make, to keep it keep it new. But it's well, we'll put this here, we'll put this here, we'll put this here, and it's the same kind of thing we always do. Except I'm going to say this instead of this, you know. And that's yeah, and that's it, a nice place to be, and especially having free. You know, yeah, sometimes if it was a, a, a special occasion, we would like, oh, it was a special thing. You would maybe have something not feminist related, you know, but we would try to push it for that day. But it, it worked. And, you know, it was it was it was one of the very, very best morning radio shows in America because no one was talking that shit. And, and honestly, it was like we were having conversations that because we knew like a lot of our listeners were from Northwest Indiana. So mm-hmm. it was like, 
I guess, red state white people, if you want to talk real. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That were uh, allowing us to have these conversations where we would talk about race. And, you know, we were talking about Trayvon Martin before anybody was. That's how ahead of the scope we were. And I had to play the role of, like, this devil's advocate that made it a safe space for, like, a trucker who's driving through who called, man, I love this show. I'm driving from Louisiana, da-da-da-da. I listen every time. We never got any hate calls. We never got any bullshit. Facebook, never. That's fucking awesome. What's your focus these days? Like, what are you you looking to really... To hit on um, right now, um, I'm working really close with my boy Hannibal. Um, he has a new company called Isola Man Media, which is like a production company. And you know, um, you know when when he's like one of my best friends. I've known him since I started comedy. And I was gonna say yeah, because y'all kind of you said y'all came up together, right? Yeah, we came up together. You know, he was way young. He's like my little brother. He's like a you know. So I like to, I love to see I love his progress mm-hmm. and I love he's doing a lot of doing a lot of independent stuff and uh, you know that's why I moved to L.A. is to go work on his show at Comedy Central. His that, show why is that what Hannibal yeah, Burris? Why yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it, and it was it was a fun it was a good learning experience for for both of us and you know and um, so we're working on a few different projects of trying to crank out content because the the landscape is people are buying stuff. So if you know how to crank out some shit, you know, he, we can get meetings pretty easy and um, pitch some shit and then go from there. I'm working on one um, single camera show with uh, two uh, young ladies from Chicago, the two female comics. And um, it's pretty much like I would, I would say Broad City S, but mm-hmm. a Chicago version that oh, is nice. not East Coast. Right. So you know, saying when you have that East Coast flavor, you lose so many people who don't. So I think if you, we're coming at it from a Chicago place, so, um, uh, but this is both all the episodes are like twelve minutes. You like that yeah. side, or you, I mean, are you really into like the the production side of things? Is like as far as like art yeah, that's what that's what I'm filmmaking. And stuff? Yeah, that's. That's what I went to college for. I, uh, okay. I went to Clark Atlanta, Clark Atlanta University, um, and I graduated with a TV production degree. Nice. And you know, it was funny. Um, in my class, uh, it was myself, Kenyon Barris, the guy who created in Blackish. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. He was in my he was in my class. Uh, Brian Barber. Who he directed a movie called Idlewild and um, the the Hey Ya video oh, for yes. Outcast. Idlewild was great. That soundtrack is amazing. Yeah, and uh, and Emmanuel Lewis. Oh, really? We, we were we were all in the same class, like multiple classes. We were all on the same track. So oh, yeah, wow. Emmanuel Lewis went to Clark. And uh, <laughs> damn. Yeah, man. So and, and you know, I'm like, just shit. If Kenya could be a showrunner, fuck that. I can too. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, man. That's about uh, that's about it. I mean, I mean, it sounds like you've got a lot of great stuff going on, and you've been doing. I mean, you're always constantly doing little things here and there. I've been watching your videos; are hilarious. I love your stand up. I think it's. I was watching. I was listening to um, uh, Babylon Ball Z the other day, and just a, thought that was just a great, great album, great set. Um, yeah. I want to. So, I want to ask you a little bit about the uh, Isola Fest. 
just because I'm I'm uh, I'm from Mississippi down on the Gulf Coast. Okay. And when yeah. I saw that pop up on your Instagram feed, I was like, wait, where the fuck are they? And I was like, and everything, the whole festival seemed like just at the smallest little dive bar and at the local hotel. And I might knowing how those small towns in Mississippi are and knowing just, I was just curious, like how did the town take to you guys coming in and kind of, it looked like you guys took over for like a weekend simply because there wasn't, there's not much around in those small towns. And those no, yeah, it's nothing much around. Cause it looked like uh, at some point y'all had the whole fucking lobby of the hotel, like in a crazy oh, dance party man. and the bar itself, looked it, like was, it was just fucking a shoebox that was just jam packed full of people. It was no bar. It was just the hotel lobby that we took over for like three nights straight. Oh, that was the hotel fights. lobby? That was just the hotel lobby that they just let us do whatever we wanted. Is Shout that an area where Hannibal's from or something? Like, I mean, how did all that get squared? Well, away? yeah, his, 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 family, his family is from Isola, Mississippi. So his mom's is from Isola, Mississippi. And, um, and um, that's where his people are from. Percy, his cousin's from there. And uh, it's it's a small small town, and it's you gotta fly to Jackson and drive maybe like an hour and a half to Isola. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. T Pain headlined the festival, you Jesus. know, and it was it was a great time, man. And I think that you know, if COVID didn't happen, but it's probably good that it did happen. That allows us to like really bang it out when things come back. Because it so, seems like something luck, that could, luck, could sustain there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Luckily, we did it before COVID happened. So it's already on the books and it's already recorded. We shot a lot of footage. Um, well, Chris Merck, film director, who shot a lot of footage for it. And um, it's going to be something. I, I really, really, it was, it was a great weekend, man. Well, man, I appreciate you coming. Hey, before we let you go, I'm going to. Uh, I'm going to okay. new segment since you're the first show, first episode, okay. this is a new segment we're trying okay. out for every show. And it's a segment called same three questions. It's the okay. same three questions. I'll afford a, a, a theme song later on down the road. So I'm going to ask you, I'm going to, my game plan is, is I want to, I want to ask all my guests the exact same three questions at the end before I let them go. So, okay. okay. Here we go. First question for same three questions. If you could have one superpower, which would it be? And why? Like, like out of all the superpowers that we know, or even one that we don't know, like what would you as Brian um, Babylon have? I would go ahead and superpower like Q from Star Trek The Next Generation from mm -hmm. the Continuum. Just having control of over... God powers. Everything. Yeah, God power. Just kind of, <laughs> that's a good way to go. Just kind of you know, cover all God bases. Powers. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to fucking do everything. Do everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was talking to some friends of mine long, not too long ago and they were talking about a state of the world and everything. And I was like, oh, Jesus Christ, it's pretty fucking good that I don't have the powers of Superman because right now things would be real fucking dark. Yeah. Because like, <laughs> I I'd, 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 would be crushing so many people and everything. But yes, having those God powers are just damn done. Thanos, that shit. Yeah, nice and clean. Right. Uh, question number two. If after you died, you were reincarnated as a sandwich... Which sandwich would that be? Not necessarily your favorite sandwich, but which sandwich would you be if you had a choice? Mm. Um, I would say one of those like um, 
those uh, buttery bread crab sandwiches. Oh, like a lobster roll? Lobster like roll. A, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Why would you be a lobster roll? roll? Cause it kind of, it kind of looks like a vacation. It's like you dip yourself in some warm butters. Mm -hmm. It's chill. It's real smooth. It's just light. That is definitely but, a vacation sandwich. You're like, fuck it, let's have a lobster roll. You're sitting on the beach. Lobster roll. It 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 take every bite is exquisite. Every you can taste the price of every bite. <laughs> you can taste the market price. Every every bite of that $28 sandwich from that food truck in Santa Monica that you just bought, mm -hmm. you can taste every bite. Oh, fuck. I'd call you a vacation. You're a vacation, Brian Babylon. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a good choice for you. I think, I think the lobster roll would look good on you. <laughs> yeah. And last question. Hey, Brian. Uh, blue or green? You said blue or green? Blue or green? A green. Sorry, the answer is blue. Sorry, that was so close. You did so great, though. Thank you so much for humoring me okay. on the same three questions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, man, I really do appreciate you giving me your time. Uh, like I said, I mean, Word you, up, were like, you, were, you were my first interview in, in, in a, on a big project that I worked on in Chicago. So it's great to, it's great to, get to yeah. sit down and talk to you on this side of it. I uh, appreciate you giving me your time today. So uh, thanks a lot and being my, being my first. Up, thanks for being my first. Thank you, Doug. I appreciate this, man. See, I told you Brian was a great guy. If you want to learn more about his upcoming projects, you can follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and check out his website at brianbabylon.com. Well, that about does it for this first episode. I want to give some very big thank yous before we go to my friend Corbett Pasco, who helped write some copy for my website, my dear friend Mandy Walsh, who built my logos for the company and for the show itself, Scott Ramsayer, who not only donated his time, but also donated some equipment to help me sound this good, and the ever-talented Jason Moody for writing and performing the theme song. So please join us next time when we have a fresh guest coming in to sit down and we ask them that burning question. Who the fuck are you? Blah, blah, blah. Big talk.